Relay on the 215, home of the... Woo! Ooh, that was kind of an awkward woo. No energy there. Zero. What's that about? Nothing. Well, I was only mirroring the... Never mind. Never mind. No, 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 no. no. Hold on. Finish that. I, I, I was going to say the response immediately following the Mark Stone goal last night. What? By the fans? No. The next, the rest of the first period. And we're supposed to know this? Well, no, but you weren't supposed to know it, but you, you asked and you kind of got it. So this, this is not supposed to be a day by day emotional woo. Well, it is. This is the Finley Chevrolet located on the 215. Woo. This is sponsor. We we are beholden to them. <laughs> you're right. This is you're supposed right. to be independent. I, I owe them a much better Yes, woo. you do. You're right. you're right. I owe Finley Chevrolet a Three, much better Three, two, pack. one. Woo! That's not a, even yeah. a good woo. What? Still, the inflection, still subpar. The inflection <laughs> was terrible. way off on that woo, was it not? Like it it's supposed terrible. to be woo. All right. All right. No, no, no! You, you, you're, you're benched three times. Three. No, nope, I get nope, three strikes. No, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no! New rules. You're benched. <laughs> you just, you just popped. You just popped up into foul territory. You, you give me a woo. That's that. I just did. Nah, that was a part two. No, there was a. That was a yeah, legitimate woo. No, no, uh, that was a bad woo. Also. We we got a couple of games to to talk about uh, tonight in the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, with Toronto, Montreal, and Nashville and Carolina on the ice. We will also get into what happened. Uh, Big time at T-Mobile Arena last night. Has has everybody kind of got their head around it, or do we have to go back to our counseling session uh, that we displayed and offered up after game number one? Uh, I'm curious about that. Uh, you'll hear from head coach Pete DeBoer on his comments as the series shifts and sending Vegas back to St. Paul for game six uh, tomorrow night. Uh, it is a six o'clock start tomorrow night on Fox Sports uh, Las Vegas on the VGK Radio Network, a pregame show with Ryan Wallace at 5 o'clock. I want to make sure that everybody uh, is organized and ready to rock and roll. We will also dive into a uh, an elimination, a shocking elimination in the minimum by the best player in the game, Connor McDavid, bounced. Uh, we will uh, delve into that at the same time as we discuss the greatest player of all time being on the move with Wayne Gretzky landing a new job. And it was first brought up in mainstream media right here on this show. Yeah, it it wasn't New York. It wasn't Toronto. It wasn't Edmonton. It wasn't any of those more um, uh, traditional hockey hotbeds. It was Las Vegas. It was first brought up on the VGK Insider Show, and John Shannon is going to uh, pop on because he said it to Ryan Wallace. And I, I don't know if the Chapman was here that day. He might have been off practicing his woo, uh, doing something like that. But uh, but Jen is going to uh, stop by. And then he also covers the Edmonton Oilers <laughs> and the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, and he had to walk a fine line during this series because he does media in Winnipeg. He does media in Edmonton. And when he would go on in Winnipeg, he would say one thing. And when he would go on in Edmonton, he'd say another. But when he was like going on Twitter, <laughs> he had to be very careful not to offend the other fan base. So uh, we'll, we'll get uh, that side of it. So uh, Wayne Gretzky conversation, Connor McDavid, and uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, how are you today having to digest uh, the, the loss last night that was slightly skewed by the analytics, but 
a defeat nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, for me, it, the the story of the game last night for, for the Golden Knights was just an inability to capitalize on their chances, and they had plenty of glorious chances. And, you know, when you, when you start to kind of put it into perspective based on other playoff series, other games in which the Golden Knights had a bunch of shots and failed to convert, I think the argument for, for me last night is that the looks the Golden Knights were generating, especially in the second and third period, were very much high-quality chances, high-quality, high-danger looks. And, you know, Cam Talbot did make some really, really good saves. And the Minnesota Wild packed it in and, and made sure that they were able to uh, ride that eight-minute stretch in the in the first period to a win and stave off elimination. Um, you know, I, I, I can't really find too much wrong with the Golden Knights game outside of uh, you know that that eight minute stretch where the Minnesota Wild were opportunistic. Mark Andre Fleury, uh, a couple of pucks get behind him that earlier on in the series didn't get behind him, and the Golden Knights are going to Minnesota tomorrow with another opportunity to finish the series. The Golden Knights did what they had to do from an effort standpoint, uh, from a strategic standpoint, uh, from an uh, an execution point of view. They needed to score more goals. But even the first period where shots were 7-7, seven, seven, uh, like that, that's a balanced period. At no yeah. point did, did Vegas get outplayed in the set. Uh, Minnesota scored three straight goals, but, but they didn't take over the game per se, uh, like what we've seen uh, at other points in the series by Vegas. So it, there's, there's a point of view where you can say, hey, Vegas does that same thing, they'll be fine. There's the other point of view where you you look at it and go, you do the same thing, it's okay, but that's sort of your your one. There you go. You put that aside. You can accept that, but it's still now. It's it's like game two was Ryan. Uh, game one, good effort. It's a process. Game two, it's about the result. Last night, great process. Tomorrow night, game six, it's about the result. Because as much as having Game 7 in your own building with 12,160 in in the stands going crazy, back to our nightclub atmosphere, and boy, was that cool to see. Uh, (laughs) Just, uh, and I use the term gong show uh, all the time, where I just look around and go, is this really happening at a hockey game? Uh, It'd be great to have those people with you, and that's why you want to have all the success that you have uh, during the regular season for that one game. Uh, I don't like one games. I I don't like one game uh, playoffs. So uh, tomorrow night is about the result. You you have to go in, and I'm telling you right now, if if Vegas wins tomorrow night, that would be sweeping the three games in Minnesota. And who had that on their radar coming in? Not a lot of people. I mean, I, I don't think anybody had the Golden Knights going up to Minnesota and winning both game three and game four. So. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. You you, you got to get the result tomorrow uh, if you're the Golden Knights. And now you, you do have another opportunity after that. But I was saying yesterday, just because you have a margin for error doesn't mean you want to live in the margin. No. For the Golden Knights, you have to be greedy in this situation. You have to be efficient. And you've got to go to Minnesota with one thing on your mind, regardless of what the process looks like. The result has to be there for the Golden Knights. Yeah, you don't have to. You, just because you have money. Doesn't mean you have to spend it all. 
Just because you have that extra game. Well, Chapman spends everything. (laughs) Hey, I'm I'm, going to tell you guys a story. Uh, I have uh, a friend that's, uh, that's an usher. That uh, that I've got to know over at T-Mobile Arena, he he handles yeah. the the section, uh, section one seventeen, where where we mm-hmm. do our TV broadcast, and and we we chat about the show. Uh, it, it, our our whole friendship is based on the VGK Insider Show, and uh, he's uh, just a, a a great gentleman, and he's the one that came up to me one day and said, "Why do you do when you do uh, your one timers? Uh, do you do you never say the date?" He's uh, and I said because I can't remember the date, and and he he didn't realize that. I guess he joined the show uh, or became a fan or m- missed uh, when I started doing that. So uh, we 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 bond over the show. Comes up to me last night. And he goes, "Hey, is Wallace here?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, he's here." Where is he sit? Where's Wallace sit? I'm like over there. And uh, I said, "Exact opposite of where I am, but uh, on the other side of the uh, the the castle." Makes sense. What about Chapman? So uh, I'm like, uh, I don't know whether Chapman's here or not. Uh, there was talk of him coming down, but you never really know what's Chapman. He's like, I know, I know. Um, he's like, uh, so they're they're over there. So, yeah. I said, why? I want to know what they look like. Ooh. Uh-oh. I said, well, Wallace will be in a flannel shirt. <laughs> yes. Yep. And Chapman, you'll know. I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. And 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 off he went. I'm not even sure he yeah. heard me say "you'll know," but mm-hmm. as as he was walking away. But that was my. So did did uh, did the gentleman come up and say hi to you guys? He absolutely did. Nice. And I wasn't yeah, there, was so awesome. unfortunately, I missed him. Maybe maybe next game. Yeah. No, he asked about you. But he wanted to know what Chapman looked like. He. Yes. Uh, there, there isn't a way to explain that <laughs> accurately. No, no, like, there's not. Like, like Chris Chapman, understand this. Like words, descriptions do not do you justice. No, I, at all. I, I am well aware of that, and I feel like I embrace that. No, I, I don't think you embrace it. I think you just do your own thing. Well, that's the, you know what though, and, like, it's, life and is... it just happens organically. I don't think there's any strategy to, to your. <laughs> Your appearance. Well, life is short. It, you know, Ooh, it, it, it's good I, I to beat your own drummer. You think there's I strategy? There. Oh, 100%. I don't think Chapman wears anything or does anything in terms of his appearance by accident. I, I don't think that at all. Like, this is, this is a very meticulous person. Like, when you have shoes that feature pizza and tacos, like, you've got to really put some thought into coordinating. I was more me- meaning his hygiene, like his, his facial hair and his, and his, and his hair up top. I think, I think that was just a, an opportunity for Chapman to let go. Like for, for a long time, or at least for the longest time that I've known Chapman, it's never really been a beard. Like hmm. that's never happened. Yeah. So I think this was just an, an opportunity where Chapman's like, no one's in the studio. I don't have anybody to impress. I, I don't right. have to impress Darren anymore. I'm just going to go out there and a let it pressure go. on that. Uh, well, a lot of pressure on that. Well, I, I can say yeah. if he is trying to or has been trying to impress me, he's failed miserably. Well, yeah, leaving uh, us off the air for like seven minutes one day probably yeah, uh, didn't, yeah. didn't didn't do me any favors in that regard. If it's, funny, you were, it's funny how we're we're not in it anymore, and and now you're like accurately representing how long you yeah. left a, left us off the air for. Now he's <laughs> now he's finally coming clean. Oh yeah, seven minutes or so. I, like I have no confidence right now that we're on the air. 
No, no, we're on the air. I think think we're having, this is purely a performance uh, and a conversation between the three of us. Nobody else is is hearing this. Uh, the Golden Knights uh, dropped a game five last night. Boy, that there was a lot of build up, and I and I for one was waving the flag as 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 fast and loud as 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 anybody uh, can, could uh, to try and and build up the anticipation of winning a clinching game on home ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted it, it to happen. It, I and I thought it was going to happen. I mean, I thought that as soon as Mark Stone scored that goal, like in the first period, that the Golden Knights were going to kind of ride that wave. The building went absolutely nuts, and and it almost felt like at that point it was a bit of an adrenaline dump. And for the Minnesota Wild, they were able to answer, and the goal stood. Like like that's the difference in that game, right? Like Kirill Kaprizov comes down with an absolute beauty of a shot. It goes in, and you you can't challenge offside. You can't challenge goaltender interference. It's just a play that goes in, and it it, it allowed the Minnesota Wild to catch their breath, and I, I think kind of you know control that that next little portion of the game. And their offense was opportunistic, and they got goals from guys they needed to score. Uh, we are. Um, I'm getting texts here. Are you guys are you guys on the air now from Bruce? Uh, my wife says you guys are off the air. So I don't know whether we're off the air or not off the air, but it's becoming a thing. Well, I can tell you that little, like, uh, light thing up there would tell us if we were that little light thing up there. Yes, that's what we're relying on right now. That little light thing up there will tell us. And I can look at the the the, our our switch here and see that it's in the position it's supposed to be, and it's been that way since. uh, Okay. 358 or well, so. Well, she might be just playing a joke on me. I'm sure she is. But I, well, I trust I, her more than I trust you. Here's the thing. She would not have known that you had mentioned, are we on the air or off the air, unless she heard you say it. Oh, she's on speakerphone. You keep your wife on speakerphone? <laughs> yeah, you oh, hang boy. up first. No, you hang up first. Oh, boy. You hang up first. I could listen to you guys do that for two she, hours. And, and, she, and she also said, don't take his crap, Chapman. Yeah, see? I, I don't take you crap. Yes. Stephanie, yes. Uh, Stephanie says, yes, we are on the air. I oh, think good. someone is messing with Darren. In which case, no, no one can hear you. Go. Oh, yes. Now I know. Uh, now I know. Now I know where we're going. Uh, if, if you were going to look at last night and say, improve one thing, what would it be despite having a control of the play? Uh, improve one thing. Um you know, for me, I, I think that uh, some some second chances in and around Cam Talbot, that would probably be one. Uh, a lot of what the Golden Knights were able to do, Talbot was able to put the rebounds in, in less dangerous places. Um, and I I think that it goes back to that, that eight-minute stretch where the Minnesota Wild were able to, to create some havoc in and around the net and, and Marc-Andre Fleury. You, you, you want to try to clear out those plays. You want to make a different read on Jordan Greenway, but... Um, there, there isn't much of the Golden Knights game in the second and third period that I'd change. No, uh, Parise scores from the side of the net, banks it in, but that would be yep. be a net presence 
yeah. so you'd like to be able to control that. Uh, and the Greenway play was net front presence. So that that kind of went back to the old Minnesota Wild, the Minnesota Wild that we're used to seeing during the regular season in being able to have success in, in front of the net. And they were able to capitalize on those plays and got second opportunities where they weren't getting them early on in the series. Uh, that's one place that you'd like to tighten up. And they certainly did that uh, during the second and third periods. Yeah, and I mean, the damage at that point had already been done by Minnesota. And, it, you know, for the Golden Knights, that's certainly something that they can can have as a point of emphasis going into game number six. Like, you, you, you there are two teams on the ice, and you and I talked about this last night. The other team's trying to win, too. Mm-hmm. And you're not always going to play a complete 60 minutes. You're not always going to make the right play at the right time. You're not always going to be able to clear out that that uh, player right in front of your goal. It's just not always going to work out that way. Uh, for the Golden Knights through the first four games of the series, in those situations, Marc-Andre Fleury was nearly unbeatable, and it wasn't really the case last night that he was unbeatable. Not to say he played poorly, but you know the bounces went the way of the wild in that stretch, and the Golden Knights had, to, had, a, had a big hole to try to dig themselves out of. Um, if they get two goals in the in the second period, I think it's a little bit of a different story, obviously. But I think they needed that second goal. They needed the equalizer before they went into the third period in order to uh, to change that momentum. And and they just never got that next goal. VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace. Chris Chapman also in here taking abuse, uh, keeping us honest whether or not we're on or off the air, which you'd think would be a relatively simple job, but no, it's it's a journey with us. Uh, If you were going to tell me, I think X was the Golden Knights' best player in Game 5, who would X be? Uh, I thought Mark Stone had a really, really good game. There were some plays that he made to set up Alex Tuck that just kind of blew me away in, in, in stealing the puck in the neutral zone, patience to allow Tuck to build speed. I think what we're starting to see right now is the the chemistry building between Alex Tuck and Mark Stone. I, I do think Stone had a, a fantastic game. I thought the misfits were really good um, throughout the majority of the game, and you know, that's kind of where, but if I'm going to pick one, I'm, I'm going Mark Stone. I thought he had a whale of a game. He just didn't really get the rewards he was looking for. Last couple of games have been impressive with the buildup and the ability for Alex Tuck to appear comfortable with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. And that, to me, if, if Vegas is able to close out the Minnesota Wild and Max Pacioretty comes back, I think in a long playoff run, Pete DeBoer may have now discovered an option uh, if if he wants to change things up in-game and, and go away from Stone, Stevenson, Pacioretty because there, there's a fit now with Alex Tuck. Small sample size, last two and a half games where they've looked really good together. But uh, yeah. we're, and, and I know they've been together longer, but they've really hit their stride. Uh, at Tuck first with Stevenson and, and now with, with all three of them. Uh, I, I think there's, there's, there's some possibilities here. I think for Mark Stone, it's, it's you know, for, for Alex Tuck to kind of figure out how to make his reads and how to enter 
certain types of situations with Mark Stone was a bit of a learning curve. But the fact that they've been able to stay together now as a line for a couple of games, I, I think you're you're finally kind of starting to see that pay off and, and those rewards uh, be there for the Golden Knights. So, you know, I, I look at the way Mark Stone is playing off of Alex Tuck and Chandler Stevenson, the speed that both of those players have, and his ability to draw players toward him to open up more time and space for both Stevenson and Tuck. I think that there's absolutely something there. And I, I also think that, you know, when we, we talked about it yesterday in terms of Max Pacioretty and do you try to rush him back because you you want your leading goal scorer back in the lineup uh, and and – I think the emergence of Alex in his ability to play now with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone and be effective allows you to buy a little bit more time to make sure that Pacioretty is 100% healthy, ready to go when he does draw back into the lineup. I disagree on that one. Totally disagree on that one. Oh, okay. I mean, that's that's fine. I think yeah. Max Pacioretty has to be as close to 100% to be an impact player. Because if you put him back into the lineup and he's not the impact player that you've become accustomed to him being, then I don't think that that makes you a deeper, better team. I really don't. I, I think you need that presence and that shot uh, in the lineup right now more than ever. Uh, and if, he's, if it's close, Ryan, right now, and if it... Like, there's no, I don't know, you don't know, uh, Max knows, the, the coaches know, and the managers know, and the training staff know uh, how close he is. And, and, and anything else is pure speculation. But we had the conversation last night, so we'll revisit that. If he's close and you're up three games to one on a series, do you bypass that game five in order to try and get him uh, an extra couple of days rest? I'm willing to buy into that for game five. But after losing game five, I go to the other end. Like the teeter-totter flips. And now I'm, I'm over on the other side. And I, I think you, you put him in the lineup and you get him uh, the opportunity to, to make a difference for you in this game. And there's, he's missed an, enough time now that I, like, it, it's going to take somewhat, I would think. There's no guarantee anyway that he's going to come back and just be max. Uh, mm -hmm. so you're still going to, you, you want to get him in, uh, in some reps, but if it's, if it's the matter of, of getting him in now, if he's, if he's right on the edge, uh, or, or leaving him out for more time in, in game six, I go get him in for game six. The only, the only way that I want Max Patty in the lineup is if he's going to be uh, a player that, that can come in and be impactful. Like he, you, you you need to make sure that you're not breaking up a line in Tuck, Steven and Stevenson, and Stone that has been the dominant line in this series to to bring Patcheretti back. And if he's not the the player that you've that you've become accustomed to in the regular season, and then that line becomes a little bit de defunct, and you have you have. Uh, Alex Tuck down on the third line, and then there's still some some chemistry building that needs to happen there. Uh, I I don't know that that's necessarily the best thing. If Pacioretty's healthy, and he is he is he is good enough to be in the lineup, then yes, put him in the lineup. But if there's any question or there's any question as to what his impact might be, then I think the Golden Knights have proven they can score in this series without Max Pacioretty in the lineup. Power play, that's where it, it just circles all around that power play. And having that shot and being able to score from distance—that's the difference uh, between between giving them 
the option uh, or opportunity to heal further. Again, I wish I knew what the injury was so I could uh, right. properly uh, assess it. Me being a, a, a medical expert, you know mm-hmm. that, yeah. uh, along with everything else, right? Like, is there, Have we discovered I mean, anything I'm not an expert in? Um, I'm sure we could get uh, the, the wife on the, <laughs> on the line, and she could probably give us a lot picking, of information. I think, no, 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 Chapman, it's picking up social cues. Yeah. Well, I was going to say picking winners in the uh, World Junior Championships as well. <laughs> betting, yeah, yeah betting, betting on U.S., Canada. Yeah. I've, I've, I've struggled at that. Championships. I, I've struggled at that. Uh, just, hey. picking, picking, hold on, hold on. Picking division winners. One, yeah, ooh, not, one time I screw up. I'm very good at that either. But I won the points yeah. thing uh, in, but that in, in the countback thing. Uh, I, I screwed no up one thing. One thing in the World mm-hmm. Junior Championship, uh, and and you guys just hanging over my my head. Here, here's uh, the here's the rule. Whatever, big one. whatever your opinion is in that, go the opposite. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I, it's a strong opinion. Uh, Canada. <laughs> and you guys, hey, uh, I, I think it's good uh, that that we have uh, uh, somewhat of a, a more balanced uh, winning uh, percentage uh, out there. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back. It was first said on these airwaves, Wayne Gretzky going on national television with the newest rights holder and becoming a panelist. The man that said that is going to join us to accept his props. John Shannon stops by on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Tuck sets up Stone, closing in. He scores! Listen to this crowd. Mark Stone rips it in from the left circle. Vegas has a 1-0 lead. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Uh, that was the high point last night. An early goal by Mark Stone and the 12,000 people on their feet, waving towels, screaming at the top of their lungs. It was like... Old times, normal times, it was real. And then it became uh, a little bit too real uh, after that with the Minnesota Wild coming back with the three straight goals. A lot of offense in the uh, first part of the game. And uh, hanging on for the victory was the Minnesota Wild. Game six goes tomorrow night in St. Paul at the XL Energy Center. Six o'clock face-off for us. A pregame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas at five o'clock. Watching it all and taking it all in is John Shannon, our good friend, uh, former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, now uh, uh, covers the Edmonton Oilers and the the Winnipeg Jets, among other uh, teams, and as well as the co-host of the uh, Bob McCallum podcast, uh, joins us from just outside Toronto. Uh, And, John, we are going to get to your props and your beautiful uh, prediction uh, involving Wayne Gretzky. But uh, I'm curious, uh, you're you're watching uh, predominantly the North Division uh, and what's going on, not the only North Division, but uh, uh, Montreal, Toronto, and the Winnipeg game. And then you have that uh, that just... total opposite feeling of witnessing what's going on at T-Mobile Arena and some of these other places. What's it like? Uh, it's like going from the library to uh, to the, the biggest uh, sports bar in Vegas. Um, because what you do is, in Canada, with no fans in the building, everything is on tape or everything is recorded. Uh, and I, I, as much as I'm a viewer, I can't imagine how... Uh, uninspiring in these markets it is for the players to play the games in front of no fans versus what we've seen in Vegas. I'll, I'll tell you what, it's a 
circus in uh, Nashville these days. It's a circus in Carolina. The two teams in Florida, it's been spectacular. Um, it, it, it's rekindled my love of the game and the love of, of uh, the, maybe the greatest in-person spectator sport in the world because the fans have appreciated it in those buildings. Uh, Montreal is going to get fans back, but they have to win this round. Is that correct? No, they uh, they actually have to, have to win one more game, okay. and they would be 2,500 fans in the place for game six of the Toronto series. And where are we with the border and the potential of the third round uh, of uh, the Canadian team being able to play at home? Do we have any update on that? Uh, the border has not moved. It's still the 49th. <laughs> you are funny. <laughs> that, 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 is, that is good. <laughs> well, you know, we let, you know, where are we with the border? Still there, you know? <laughs> uh, you know what? You ask a stupid question, you're going to get a smart-ass answer. <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I'm just trying to. This is my audition. I, I can be better than Lawless. I know that. Gary, <laughs> oh. <laughs> all he does is talk to people in Winnipeg. It's crazy. <laughs> we, uh, I'm, I'm playing that for him. Oh, actually, you probably already told him that anyway. Uh, <laughs> knowing how much uh, you're back and forth with Lawless, but uh, the idea that uh, that the whoever the Canadian team, the North Division team, plays. Uh, the idea of being able to play the games in Canada and go back and forth. Is there any potential of that? I think everybody's got their fingers crossed a little bit. That yes, there there's, is that possibility. It's three weeks away. Um, much of it has to do, and I am, I am not a, a virologist. Uh, you know, during, Darren, in our time together during lockouts, I've played uh, actuaries, I've played lawyer, I've played accountant. And now I'm supposed to pay, play a virologist. Um, you know, our, our vaccination rate in our country now is at a higher percentage of the population than yours is in the United States, which is really good. But it's still a long way to go because we've had more challenges with all the different COVID variants in our country than you have had in the United States. So from that perspective, we're still very much on lockdown. Uh, and they are not going to make exceptions for professional sports. They didn't make it for the Toronto Raptors. They are not making it right now for the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, and they will not make it for the winner of the North Division. So uh, I suspect, uh, in my opinion, that the North Division champion, whether that be Winnipeg, Montreal, or Toronto, uh, will end up finding a home in the United States and having to play games out of there. John Shannon's with us on Fox Sports Las Vegas, the VGK Insider Show with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. So, John, one of the teams that that would impact would be the Winnipeg Jets. Should they do to the winner of Montreal-Toronto what they did to the Edmonton Oilers? How surprised were you at the four-game sweep by the Jets of the Oilers? I picked the Oilers in six, um, but I'll I'll tell you what. uh, One team played playoff hockey and the other team didn't. And that was was the biggest difference. Uh, You know, Kevin Chevalier off the general manager in Winnipeg and Paul Maurice, the coach in Winnipeg, built a team uh, to win in the playoffs. Um, in my opinion, I think the Winnipeg Jets are the deepest forward group in the National Hockey League. When you think that their fourth liners, which are Perot, Thompson, and Lewis, are still valuable members and can play big minutes. Uh, but, and down the middle with Thompson, Stastny, everybody knows about Paul Stastny, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Adam Lowry, Stastny's on the wing right now, and then Mark Scheifele. They are so strong down the middle that they're they're going to be a, a factor. They they could could they beat the Toronto Maple Leafs or Montreal? Yeah, they could. 
They could be the, the representative candidate in the third round, absolutely. What's a bigger story? Winnipeg advancing to the second round after the stretch drive where it was really tense uh, around the Jets organization or the Edmonton Oilers falling in the minimum? I think it depends where you live. Um, you know, if you're in Edmonton, then it's the latter. Um, if you're everywhere else in the country, I think that there's a, 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 I think people have raised their eyebrows at how good the Jets are again. And, and let's not forget, um, you know, the, the guy in, in goal, Connor Hellebuck, uh, who struggled when he played Vegas the, in the playoffs a few years back, Connor Hellebuck was spectacular in the four games. Uh, he, he really was he was the difference maker in so many ways, uh, making sure that guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins didn't take advantage of too many opportunities. I'll ask you the same question I uh, put to Eddie Olchek today on, on the Chirp podcast. Does Connor take some responsibility for this this year? Because in other years, it's been the makeup of the team, it's been coach, it's been manager, it's been goaltending. Uh, but is is this Connor's time? And what is... Because there's been some scuttlebutt that maybe he might uh, ask to be out. There's no chance he's leaving. There's no chance he wants out. So that's a zero. Yeah, anybody that starts these rumors has not talked to the appropriate people. Mm-hmm. He's he, he's very happy living in in Edmonton, playing in Edmonton, making more money than any other player in the league in Edmonton. Um, and and now for him, the challenge is to make Edmonton a championship team. Uh, does he take responsibility? Sure, he has to take some responsibility. That's what star players do. Um, you know, he's under the microscope more than anybody else. I would say that there's enough blame to go around, though, uh, whether it be a, a silly play by Ethan Bear, the defenseman, last night, but there were mistakes made in other games. Uh, I think there were coaching errors made over the last two games particularly. I mean, at one point last night, Darren, Dave Tippett had benched five players and was using 13 skaters uh, in, in triple overtime. And that's... that's On a back-to-back. No, back. That's just impossible. You know, Darnell Nurse, Darnell, Darnell Nurse played an hour. Not, not 22 minutes, not 30 minutes. He played an hour last night. And that's unfathomable to think. Had they won the game, had they won the game last night, game five would have been tomorrow night. I'm not sure they would have had enough energy to win that game. So... <laughs> In the end, I think it was a moot point that they lost. Hey, just a footnote on the Darnell Nurse story. Did, did he and his wife not welcome a new baby today? Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> Darnell Nurse was going home, hopefully, to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> now he's getting no sleep. Wow. Uh, John Shannon's with us on the VGK Insider Show, and uh, he's a last-minute add to our program today because I was talking to him on the way into the studio, so we appreciate that. And I, uh, I beg to be on because I, want, I, I like taking jabs at Lala. <laughs> You can you can come on any day. In fact, you can stay for the next hour too. Uh, John Shannon, a former executive producer. I'm, I'm kind of busy. I have some darning to do. <laughs> everybody, everybody under the age of thirty, go onto Google, look up darning. Darning. I don't even know what that is. What is it? You darn your socks. You fix the hole in your socks. Really? You don't just oh, don't throw God. them out. What? You just don't throw them out. When you, you listen. Not not everybody has the money like you have money. <laughs> you know, some of us have to. We have to squeak by. Some of us are in fixed income. Oh. 
some of us aren't. But I didn't. I didn't say me. But some oh, people are. Yeah, I was going to say. You, and you, you darn your socks! <laughs> Come on now. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. I appreciate you teaching me something uh, here. Uh, so the idea of having you on really came from something that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, Wayne Gretzky has uh, stepped down from any involvement with the Edmonton Oilers today. Uh, and that got everybody's interest, and now it turns out that he will be joining uh, to be announced uh, at, a, at tomorrow, uh, tonight, yeah. I, I don't know. Press conference tomorrow. Uh, that uh, he's going to join the new Turner presentation uh, as Turner takes uh, on the National Hockey League uh, rights uh, along with ESPN. Was it not this program, I've already said it anyway, but uh, was it not this program that you first brought up the idea that Wayne Gretzky should be target number one for Turner. I believe it was. So I believe it was that way because I was on the, the the night that the Turner announcement came, and you said, "What is it? What is a TV channel that has basketball and movies? What do they know about hockey?" Mm-hmm. So, and the answer is, is they're doing their best with a lot of advice, I think, from the league office to to try to create a presentation that uh, will do for hockey, like the uh, TNT package is done for basketball. So what have you heard about uh, uh, Wayne and his involvement there? Well, that he w- you know, he's going to be on their panel, whatever their panel looks like. Right now, I don't think anybody else has been hired uh, for that job, um, whether it be a host or additional guys. I know that they did talk to a few other people that uh, have subsequently gone other places. But uh, Wayne, uh, and Wayne, in theory, Wayne, Wayne was a vice chairman of the Oilers Entertainment Group, the parent company of the Oilers. He was a very good friend of Daryl Cates, the owner, was a, almost like a, a senior consultant for the hockey ops group. Uh, and once he decided that he was going to take the TV gig, uh, he, had to, he, he definitely had to opt out of being involved with one team. So fr- from that perspective, as soon as the announcement came at around uh, 2 o'clock Eastern time today that he was leaving, uh, it was pretty obvious that Wayne was deciding to take the Turner gig. Are you happy? Are you excited about this? Listen, he, he, he transcends the sport. Yeah. He, he, um, he's our Tiger Woods. Um, and, you know, there's a, there's a lady um, that lives just outside of Reno that may not know anything about hockey, but she knows Wayne Gretzky's name. There's, you know, there's a young couple in, in Little Rock, Arkansas, that may not know anything about hockey, but they know Wayne Gretzky's name. He might be able to draw people in to watch. And then it's the responsibility of everybody else in the show to help Wayne get them to stay. Um, the, the key thing, though, Darren, and, and, and I've said this before, Wayne has to become a little more opinionated. Uh, I, I've never, he's the smartest hockey person I've ever talked to. He has an unbelievable wit. Um, he's, he's, he's got a, a quick tongue, but I'll tell you what, he's got to use it. Um, when he normally does interviews, when he normally is in the public eye, he's very controlled. Um, and, and if anybody doesn't understand that, all they have to do is watch the three generations of hockey players since. They all speak Wayne. You know, Sidney Crosby speaks Wayne. Connor McDavid speaks Wayne. Wayne was the original guy that spoke that way, and all these other guys have copied him. Don't say anything controversial. Don't rock the boat. But Wayne's now been put in a position that, if he goes on the air, he, he better at least try to tip the boat over once in a while. And that's going to be the challenge for the people at Turner. That's going to be a challenge for Wayne, too, because if Wayne goes on and just is, is simple and protective, uh, then I'm not sure how successful it will be. 
John Shannon is with us in the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. You know, John, I, I, I mean, just having the name, though, Wayne Gretzky attached to that programming for, for Turner is is a, a big draw. And I think for, you know, just diehard hockey fans that, that love this sport, getting to hear Wayne's insights on the game as only he can bring them to the table is is unique because it's not something that we see in this sport where the, the best stars, the, the, the brightest stars that played give their opinions or are on panels to have those opinions about the game. You know, you know, Ryan, you're absolutely right. However, the hardcore hockey fan in the United States will watch anyway. They're going to watch anyway. They're not the people that we need to attract to the game. We need to attract a bigger audience. You know, last week we had unbelievable hockey on television in both countries. 800,000 people watched the best game last week on NBC Sports Network. I can't remember which game it was. Maybe it was Florida-Tampa. 800,000 people. On the same night, in a play-in game in the NBA on TNT, there were 7 million people. We've got to grow the game. We've got to be better at it. And, and we've, got to get beyond, we've got to get beyond guys like you and me. Because you and, if, if, if I put one camera up, and said this is a game, you and I would watch it anyway. Yeah, That's not who we're trying to attract to the game. We're trying to attract a bigger, newer audience that can appreciate the entertainment value of the game as well as the competitive nature of the game. And with the biggest challenge, and Darren and I have had this discussion for 20 years, the biggest challenge of our game does not translate to television as well as baseball, football, or basketball. John Shannon's with us. We got a couple of minutes uh, with you. Uh, oh, was, that, was that a good speech? That was a note. I, I wanted to, <laughs> to pause there just so it would make it easier for Chapman to pull that out uh, as a as a promo, uh, and just uh, just make it as easy as possible. Because last week he knocked us off the air for four minutes, so we gotta we gotta really make things uh, straightforward to him. Uh, the the idea that uh, Wayne Gretzky goes to Turner and that will be announced tomorrow is. Like both both ESPN and Turner had interest, right? So is that yeah, the first my blow? Was that uh, Turner was a, at least a million dollars more? Okay, so that's a win for Turner right now in the in if if you want to call it an arms race or uh, a commentator race, uh, yeah. a, a win for Turner over ESPN. Uh, I, I think so. I think so. I mean, the, the challenge <laughs> the challenge for television people is is do you go with what people know, or do you try to reinvent the wheel? Mm-hmm. And, and, um, or do you try to reach for the stars? Uh, I mean, Turner tried to reach for the stars and got one. Um, every, every time in this sport we've tried to reinvent the wheel, it falls flat in its face because our fans are so demanding and conservative in the way they want to see it. They don't like change very much in our game. They want to watch the simple, straightforward things. That's why I always wonder if we, if we brought Charles Barkley, and I expect Barkley, by the way, I expect Barkley to be part of the TNT package at, at certain points during the season because he loves the game so much. Um, mm-hmm. if, if, uh, if, if our hockey commentators were as critical of our athletes in our sport as Barkley and Shaq are in the NBA, will we like it? Right. That's that is something that we're going to have to measure. 
And how would we've the players had, react? We've had people critical in, uh, of our athletes, uh, our players, before. Brett Hull was critical. Didn't last long. Jeremy Roenick didn't last long. There have been people that have been critical that have not lasted because they're, people view them as negative. But that's because hockey fans, and that's not, not just Canadians, but hockey fans in both countries are very thin-skinned about and very protective of, of our sport. Did you save that prediction that Wayne Gretzky would be on the Turner panel just for our show? No, I must admit I didn't. You didn't? So it just, uh, just happened that we had you on that day? It, it, timing was everything. I, okay. I, I, uh, I, as you mentioned, I do a, a podcast with, uh, uh, with Bob McCowan here in Canada, and we talked. I said if they were going to do anything, they should probably bring Wayne. Okay. Because, because we do have a big stage here. Oh, I know. Listen, mm-hmm. listen, I listen. I'm. I understand how big you are in Southern Nevada. <laughs> you know, I know. Now, is it Macomb County? Clark County. It, which county is it? Clark. Clark. Clark County. Right. Yeah. But Macomb is right there too. Yeah. Right? Uh, I was. I was explaining to people that you do Winnipeg radio and TV, and you do Edmonton radio and TV. I and, do. And I couldn't. Lo- I could not lose the series. I thought it was great. <laughs> no, but but you had to. You had to be careful that <laughs> oh. when, when you were on Twitter. You, you couldn't say anything too big. No, no, I, I had because... to also make sure where I knew where, where the team was and whether they could watch the TV at the time. <laughs> 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 no, I, I, had to make, I had to make sure when I was on the radio, okay, where are the Jets? Are the Jets at the hotel yet? I, so then I can be a little more critical of the Jets. And then, so I, I, and then my predictions, I did predict the Oilers in Winnipeg radio too, so, oh, so I don't mind say, saying that because. I, I I do know some friends that would, would would tailor their answers to the market they were in. <laughs> yes, yeah, I know I know a couple of those uh, those as well. Uh, hey, John, uh, thanks for doing this. I know it's last minute, and uh, uh, I we just uh, decided to to come up with this idea of having you on to uh, to give you props because you did you called it first, and it's going to be official tomorrow. And I think uh, I think our listeners uh, should know that uh, that that you have that kind of uh, kind of influence on people. You do well. You just tell Lawless that, and we'll make sure things get straight, okay? <laughs> I will. John Shannon, uh, be well, my friend. All right. See you, boys. John Shannon with us, a former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, twice, and uh, now commentator of uh, the Edmonton Oilers, Winnipeg Jets, and the uh, co-host of the Bob McCallum podcast. So it, it's awesome having John on because he's incredibly knowledgeable and, and has all these great takes that actually come to fruition. Mm-hmm. But the best part about having John on is to realize that you are to John what Chapman is to you. Oh, yeah, Def- definitely. Yeah, you are You are John Shannon's Chris Chapman, and that is so beautiful. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I love it. And it's been that way for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and here's the best part. Hmm. So Chapman has to realize that it's like this forever. That's the sad part. For, like I, I, I've already I've suffered through it. I've 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 come to terms with that reality. Chapman's in the first year of this experience, and he's he's got to know it's like this forever. That's that's the real intriguing part for Chapman. Oh, it's so nice to see you yeah. kind of put in your place. It's cool. Uh, it's it's, it's beautiful. Uh, well, John's good at that. Uh, he keeps me honest. Uh, you have no idea how many uh, how many times I talk to him and how uh, often he will 
mentor me uh, through different things that I do or say, and uh, and he keeps me accountable. And uh, I certainly appreciate it, and I appreciate him coming on this program and busting on me. It's uh, the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports <laughs> Las Vegas. We'll try Petrangelo. Martinez scores! <laughs> There's a big scrap after the goal. Alec Martinez, a power play goal, has the Knights within one with 10-17 to go in the second period. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Come on, Dooves. Duva. That wasn't a scrap. That was a... High-level kerfuffle. It was a pretty good one, though. Uh, very intense uh, after the Vegas Golden Knights uh, got back involved in that second period, eventually falling. Game six uh, tomorrow night in St. Paul will reset. You'll hear from Pete DeBoer in hour number two of the VGK Insider Show right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.